Super Talk Mississippi media production. Are you tired of dents and scratches ruining the look of your car? Look no further than Porter's Body Shop in Brookhaven. Call us at 601-833-1861 or visit us online at portersbodyshopms.com. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. You know, if you look back over the last week or so, we've had a string of incredible guests. And you know what? I'm I'm lucky. And that every Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, or th- I could say that on the for the past seven days, we just have a we have a string of terrific guests. But we had, uh, you know, just some highlights. We had Billy Hughes on, the mayor of Gulfport. We had um, we had the CEO of uh, Singing River Health Systems, uh, Tiffany Murdoch, had a great conversation about the latest on the Singing River situation. We had Dr. Tula uh, Javeri, who is the uh, an infectious disease doctor at University Hospital. We talked a little bit about that that rare disease that they located in, in coastal Mississippi that comes from a, a um, bacteria. Only 11 cases a year in the United States, super, super rare, but they did find it in the soil. We talked about whether that was significant or not. By the way, on a scale of one to 10, I said it was a one, he said it was a two, just because the medical community needs to be alerted. Um, you know, we had Nicole Martz on. I, I really enjoy my conversation with Nicole because Nicole, she works at IP. Uh, she's a uh, former, m- most recent, actually, One Coast uh, Leadership Award winner. And she started this thing called Gulf Coast Gal. It's a U- YouTube videos that talk about, um, you know, destination places that people can go, whether it be the Mississippi Aquarium or, or the Ship Island uh, Excursion or a restaurant here in coastal Mississippi. And she does it on the side. And she has a commitment, incidentally, to do it three times a week, which when you have a full-time job, that's a big commitment. But she does it because uh, she wants to make a contribution. Had a terrific conversation with Joe Max Higgins, and he had some really incredible things to say about coastal Mississippi, especially the six coast counties of southern Mississippi. If we could ever get our act together from an economic development po- point of view, he said we'd be the big gorilla in Mississippi. Uh, it's good to hear people like Joe Max, who's nationally known, say those kinds of things. So uh, it's been it's been a string of great shows. If you missed any of those, you can go to your favorite podcast or you can go to the Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page, the Super Talk Mississippi Facebook page, or to the Coast View Ricky Matthews Facebook page and watch them. You can also go to YouTube to the Super Talk Mississippi YouTube page and watch any of those conversations, any of those. All terrific. Now we're going to shift gears. I always look forward to spending some time with my friend Craig Ray. Craig is the uh, director of Visit Mississippi, the tourism office for the Mississippi Development Authority, and someone I've really enjoyed uh, for long before I started doing this show, but long uh, long since enjoyed uh, being associated with him and staying in touch with him. How you doing, Craig? I'm doing great. Ricky, good to be here this morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, always look forward to talking about great things in tourism around the whole state of Mississippi with you. So how's your family doing? Uh, I think you mentioned your kids are going back there. Your daughter's going back to school. What's the latest with your family? Yeah, my daughter uh, starts JA today, uh, going into her sophomore year, uh, start driving this year, varsity basketball, high school musical, just beautiful young 
young lady. I can't believe the years have flown by so quickly in, in, in school and now in high school, too. So we're looking forward to that, visiting colleges already, and just doing real well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, you're, thank you for, for giving us that update. Um, so the MDA has um, a film office that's engaged in uh, attracting people who want to to do films and, and making sure they understand what the incentives are for doing that. We have a travel, sort of a travel office there that you had up. Um, I mean, and you and I have gone into great detail in the past about the state's culture and heritage and history and natural resources and recreational opportunities. It, cr- it creates for your organization the opportunity to really have multifaceted marketing efforts. For people who have not heard of Visit Mississippi, let's start from a little bit from scratch for people who may be new to this show. What, what, it, what is Mississippi, Visit Mississippi all about? Visit Mississippi, as you just shared, a couple components of what we have. We're we are the uh, the public sector uh, arm of tourism for the state of Mississippi. So we we are under the leadership of, of the Mississippi Development Authority, Economic Development, and then tourism has our own uh, wing and level. So we have uh, 85 employees. We manage all 13 welcome centers around the state. Um, we have the film office, which falls under our Visit Mississippi leadership. And then we have division, our international division, which is one of our fastest growing components for tourism in the state. So not only do we have an office here for international, but we represent, uh, we're up to 10 countries now that we have marketing reps and relationships with that we're promoting the state to our outdoor development, which is hunting, fishing, biking, golfing, uh, sports marketing, and and then our trade bureau where we're promoting all of of our music events, all of our trails programs. Uh, So Blues Commission, Country Music Trail Commission, Freedom Trail, Riders Trail, all of those components uh, that we manage here too. So another big, area that's slowly come back from COVID is our meetings and convention business. Uh, you all are very familiar with that business on the Mississippi Gulf Coast with all your all, all the conventions and meetings that do come to the coast. It, it's uh, it's the one area that's slowly coming back after COVID, but we, we look to see that uh, explode and come back very soon. So those are, if, if I missed one or two, but that's a good overview of where we are. We, we have a budget uh, about uh, $14 million that we have for advertising between appropriated dollars and then dedicated funding and then other federal grant programs. So we're in a very good position right now for advertising promotion that we haven't been in over many, many years. And so that will uh, help us help us promote the whole state. We have a wonderful campaign called Wonders Welcome right now. It's our first true campaign that we've had in probably five or six years. Money does help in, in that area to promote uh, to promote the state and putting this uh, program together. And so we're, we're excited about that. It's really just hitting its peak right now. And we'll I think uh, the feedback we have has been great, even though it's been really hard to track numbers coming out of COVID and then the inflation times that we have, but we feel like our tourism product is still very strong here in the state. So Craig, one, if I look, as I look back, some of the conversations I've enjoyed the most with you is the conversations that we've had about the various uh, markers 
and uh, each of those vertical areas of focus, for example, the blues, the blues markers. When I think about the blues markers, I can't help but think about Bill Luckett and uh, his unfortunate death uh, in the past year. The, the, the time that I spent with him on Koshu really talking about the role that he has played to put the Grounds Zero Blues Club on uh, on steroids and the conversations we had around that incredible history, man. I mean, with Eric Clapton and Bob Dylan and Keith Richards and Robert Plant and, of course, go, going back to Robert Johnson, one of the originals, sort of the father of, of blues music. Uh, the the emergence of the Delta Blues Museum and and some of the some more recent stars that have that have emerged from there, um, man, that history we can't talk about it enough. And I know that during COVID, the international travel basically stopped. But Bill said there was a point where he would walk into the Ground Zero Blues Club, Ground Zero Blues Club in Clarksdale. And there might be more than 50% of them, the people in there who were not from the United States. Absolutely. Um, so what's the latest there? Are you beginning to see that, that community get back interested again? We are. We've, as, as the United States as a whole, you know, when, when we opened up for business uh, at a certain date, at the end of COVID, although we're still in, in a COVID area, but where people could travel to the United States, where they, the, uh, through the omissions of COVID paperwork registration, so on and so forth, that where they could travel again, not just to the United States, but they could travel around the world. So it was really opening up the opportunity for just about the world to start traveling again within guidelines. So, you know, we, in our last year before COVID, it's like 2019, we had a record year of international travelers in Mississippi. They're harder to track because we do not have an international airport, but we're, we're able to track them through various mechanisms. But we had 185,000 international travelers uh, from about 15 different states. And that represented almost uh, $190 million in expenditures from those travelers because they typically will stay you know, one to two to three weeks in your state and visiting your state or your region. So we completely missed those 185,000 people, and that was on our record year. So whether we see them all coming back all at once or getting back to that level, but we, we surely feel like there's a lot of interest, a lot of repeat business in the international market. And so to the places like Clarksdale, Ground Zero there, absolutely. If you've ever been to a festival there like Juke Joint Festival or, or the Sunflower Festival, there's thousands of people there and probably half of those are international right it's amazing and so yes that's a that's a big market for us and one that we can continue to grow with our neighbors in new orleans and and alabama getting double and triple what we get in international but we're sharing those travelers and that that's a an area that we're when we come back day. we'll continue this conversation around the incredible value the Blues Trail has provided to tourism in Mississippi and then the emergence of these other trails and what are they and where do we stand today? Might there be some more trail markers in the future? But it's a it's an amazing story that has really made, uh, as Craig pointed out, made Mississippi the largest outdoor museum in America. And it was something we took advantage of during That's right. COVID. We'll see you after this break. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. You know, it's interesting. We talk about blues, but then you can talk about country music. You can talk about the king of rock and roll. Mississippi has had such a tremendous impact on the music, not only in America, but really around the world. You think about the uh, the the British blues m- m- uh, movement that emanated from the Delta, you and so you got this g- new group of singers today that are that are being recognized. Uh, one that immediately comes to mind is Chris Stone. We know him as Kingfish Ingram, award winner. You know when he's in Mississippi, he's appreciated, but when he's in Europe, he's a star, <laughs> big time star. Yeah. And there are others like him, but. You know, we can't downplay how important, again, we're talking about blues, but really just specifically as it relates to music and Mississippi's role in the musical history of our country, man, we can't downplay that. And we can't overstate how important it is, can we? We can't. It, it's uh, Music tourism is a driving force in our state tourism marketing efforts. Music, culinary, history, literature, and, and of course, Gulf Coast gaming in those areas. But uh, music tourism, it's a unique niche for us because those genres were born here in the state. And so it's a great selling point for us. It's so authentic. And the number of travelers that we get that come to our music festivals and visit our museums and visit the trail. Uh, You know, we have over 210 markers now in Mississippi, seven states and five countries, just blues. And but majority of those if you just went to the delta you could see like 175 of those markers and make day trips and week trips out of visiting those areas and those towns and then the museums from the bb king museum and the grammy museum and the arts and entertainment center and meridian and marty stewart's museum that's being built these are all just wonderful places to visit learn about the state but but enjoy the music too and in our history it's uh it's it's what I enjoy about it most of all is that it's ours. And so when we're promoting and marketing, we're really not going up against other states. Uh, it's the music, yes, but not the history. We all know that the, that the blues were born here in Mississippi, and that really allows an, an edge and a unique niche for the traveler to, to promote our state, having people to come here and experience that. Well, you've got uh, so, so we kind of switch gears over to the country music side of this, but great stories to tell there. Our friend Steve Azar has uh, has a a marker in his town of Greenville. But when you know when Marty when you have someone like Marty Stewart, this sort of living icon that is contributing in the way that he's contributing with this incredible dogged determination to build this museum, which is, you know, I don't know how to say it. You you know more about it than I do. It's the largest collection of its kind that exists today. Um, tell a little bit more about why that's an important conversation that's happening. Marty's collection is the largest privately owned collection of all different kinds of country music memorabilia. Everything from uh, handwritten songs by uh, Hank Williams to uh, Hank Williams' guitar to uh, the boots that Patsy Cline wore in her plane crash. I mean, it's just a a little bit of everything, all kinds of guitars and outfits and music. And it's just intriguing with all kinds of 
other literature that he has just accumulated over the years. And and it's already in exhibit form, and it has been at, 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 at the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville. It's traveled around the country, and now he's brought it all home to Philadelphia, Mississippi. It's already there in a separate warehouse as they're building this new museum. And, I, and I've been able to get a, get a peek behind the curtain several times. We have many of our meetings there and have seen the exhibits or, or, or the items. Just amazing. And, and to have this uh, pioneer um, or pilgrim, as he is called, in this industry to, to have this history that he's wanting to share with the world and there's actually an exhibit right now, a, a sample exhibit at the at, at Archives of History, two museums in Jackson. It's been open uh, for a couple months. It'll be open uh, through the end of this year. It has about 500 of those 20,000 items on exhibit to kind of wet the whistle, I guess you could say, get people interested and exciting about it. It's been very well attended. So it's, it's unique to have that in this museum development, uh, w whether you're a a country music star or fan or not, but you have Marty Stewart, who is a recent uh, inductee to the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville, which is a really big deal on top of five-time Grammy Award winner. And and his wife, too, is, is also a, um, a Country Music Hall of Fame member. So both of them together, uh, they 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 still have a residence in Nashville, but they also have a residence in Philadelphia, and they've, they've committed their lives to building this and sharing this with Mississippi and the world. So it's it's really special. Uh, what we had too when B.B. King was alive, oftentimes you, museums in memory of, of the author or story aren't, aren't alive when that museum is being built. So that also have B.B. King alive and be there to curate and tell stories with all of his items. And it really, that, that museum is a story about growing up in the Delta during those years and learning about the history, not only BB, but everything around it, what was taking place, the music scene, the cultural scene in, in the Delta, just two spectacular museums along with the B, uh, Grammy Museum. I, 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 I can't help but think about that moment in the, uh, the essentially documentary of the making of that that album that that um, Steve Azar did with the Kingsman, yeah. who used to back up, um, uh, used to back him up. So you, they, so the the juke junk juke, juke joint where they recorded the movie is next to the BB King Museum. And at one point, yeah. one of the one of the guys went over to get that famous guitar and bring it back over so he could tune it and make it part of the deal. But Literally, you get this sense of them touching history and, and uh, the fact that we're working so hard to capture all of that and make sure we don't forget all of these intricate you know, dimensions to the story. Um, I give it to Mississippi, man. We, we, we decided we're, gonna, we're not going to just let this stuff fade into the sunset, didn't we? Well, we have not, and we, we have more area of growth. The, the Blues Trail is becoming more international at this point. I think we've recognized just about every artist here in the state, other than some up-and-comers. But uh, the Country Music music Trail is still young. It's only like 35 uh, markers, but we have many, many more that we can add and, and are planning to. So, which which is just amazing to, to know that I, I sit, I, I chair both committees, and, and to see this long list of 
artists that are from Mississippi, whether it be blues or country, that we get to select from. I mean, other states might have like one or two, and we were like, well, we have a list of 50 <laughs> on yeah. the country music side that we haven't even gotten to yet. And so it, it's a, it's amazing just the rich culture that we have here in the state for not only for music, but also for writers, uh, authors, and, and, and the civil rights movement, the Freedom Trail, um, and the stories that we're able to interpret and share with people. So it's a, it's a wonderful project for Mississippi, and it really brings in a unique group of, of tourists and travelers that uh, on the international side that really enjoy these, and, and they, they stay here and spend a lot of money, too, and they, they really have enjoyed the scene. So is the band Chapel Heart on your radar screen? They are, and they they have been for uh, a while. We were introduced to them uh, through some events that they attended, that they were um, the headliners. And, you know, so we, we were aware of them and their story as it was developing. But surely when that night on re- recently America's Got Talent, you know, that, that they're their reputation or their story exploded. And and I think they are, whether they win or not, just what they've done already by being on that show at that level will launch their career even further. And they're dynamite. It's a great voice, great story. I've uh, loved your interviews with you. I know you had them and they've been all over the state now with interviews from that one night. I know you all got to yeah. jump on it uh, being from the coast, but they're, one of those stories, another group, I think they might live in New Orleans now, but they're they're from Mississippi and they and they they share the flag and they're and they're yeah, they do they do live in Louisiana now, but they're incredibly proud of their Mississippi connection. So when they said, "Where are you from?" They were proud to say Mississippi, grew up in Poplarville, huge family, huge family, like 114, 117 grandkids, you know, yeah. of course, two of, two, of the, two of them are sisters, and uh, one of them is a cousin, and Danica and I have communicated with one of them. In fact, I got a note from her yesterday that said that it's still extraordinarily crazy. As you probably know, they got an invitation to sing in the Grand Ole Opry. Yes, uh, that, that's I mean, amazing. Yeah. What a what a great story. I got a couple of other things I want to say about them before we move on, but uh, I'm I'm proud to see them as as ambassadors for the state and I really do look for great things to come from them. And I'll explain to you why I feel that way when we get on the other side. We'll see you after this break with Craig Wright. Live or on demand, and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. We're uh, having a terrific visit with my friend Craig Ray, who's over Visit Mississippi. Uh, they're, they're a tourism 
uh, division of the Mississippi Development Authority. So there's a lot of responsibility in the state to make sure we're pushing all of what makes this great state so amazing. And we're going to move uh, move on into some other parts here in just a second. But couldn't help but notice while we were into this discussion about the country music markers and the blues markers and some of these emerging uh, talent that he mentioned is a long list of emerging talent that have gone on to represent Mississippi. Uh, it's great that so many people have been inspired along the way. But we, when we went to break, we mentioned Chapel Heart, um, this trio uh, African-American women from Poplarville. I had the beauty of having them on my show. I was honored to have them on my show. But what I, what I noticed about them was that they, they there's nothing about them that is fake, Craig. They are so authentic. It's unbelievable. They come from the country in Poplarville, from this gigantic family. They write their own music. Of course, we've learned from our friend Steve Azar, to make it in the world today of music, you better write your own music yes. or you better be a superstar. I think you know, when you look, listen to their harmonies, you look at how they were received on America's Got Talent, and, and it's going to be really interesting. Like you pointed out, they don't even have to win now. I mean, they're, they're, their Facebook followers went from like in the 30,000 range to 250,000 overnight as a result of being on that show. They're so authentic. They are true. They are true Mississippi and true country music, but their music, if you listen to their music, and I have over and over again listened to all of their songs, they write incredible music, and every one of their songs, I just saw the, the, the uh, special on Shania Twain on, uh, on Netflix, and she, when she got to her third album, she had like 12 hits off of one album. You don't ever see that. But I feel the same way about Chapel Heart, that their music... So much of what they've already written could become hits, and they're getting recognized, and they're going to be great ambassadors for this state. They're, they're going to be terrific. Uh, anything else you want to say about them before we move on? Well, I, again, I think it's exciting to – I'm not a weekly follower of America's Got Talent. Mississippi's had a couple other winners on that show Yeah, in the past, but just – I've never seen that show so electric than the night that they won. It was truly organic. I mean, it was real natural and to, to see their enthusiasm for life and, and music. It was just, it was wonderful. And I, I'd see a lot of great things that they can, uh, whether they really do well in Nashville or break out on their own or, but I, I think there's a big future there and it, it's, it's invigorating. It was, they, really they sang their song, You Can Have Him, Jolene, which is a response yeah. to uh, Dolly Parton's song. And um, and Dolly Parton actually uh, actually got engaged with them after the after the uh, their performance and made made a public comment about it. But they you know they think you know that that uh, Dolly Parton, as I do, I might add, should be president of the United States. She's you know she's I, we we love that woman. But um, but it's going to be fun watching them, and I, I'm excited that that you're tuned in, and I'm tuned in, and we'll stay, we'll watch them with thousands of other people, That's right. if not millions of other people around the world, uh, take their incredible talent, their beautiful harmonies, their incredible songs, and do something special for Mississippi, and be once again, once again, putting out on the big stage of life. A wonderful representative for the state. That's what's that's what excites me most about them because yes. they're good people at the heart. They're they're yeah. really good women, and I, I find it an honor that I had the opportunity to meet them. Okay, so let's shift gears. Um, man, you guys have lots to think about these days. But how how you know as you as you think about how how successful Mississippi was in the in the 
in the immediate aftermath of the closings that came about as the as the pandemic kind of took hold and then up through today we've really did, done well relative to other markets haven't we we have on on the recovery in many ways the leadership here in the state uh, that help us maneuver through those times the the financial place that we were in going into the uh, the pandemic for our dedicated funding and how that money was able to accumulate. We were ready to come out when we're able to start advertising, promoting again to, as you know, we most states were not welcome to travel. No one was traveling. That was like a level playing field, but we're, we're back now and uh, the gaming industry were, they were able to come right back out and get opened early and a lot of in-state travelers and, and we were just ready, ready to uh, be open and, and, and accept travelers. And now as we're all waiting for the international market to come back, that will be a, a big flavor for us as we go forward. And just the, you know, the festivals, I don't know if you've been to any outdoor shows here in the state, but the ones I've been to, the amazing crowds. Some people, uh, you know, whether it be Brandon Amphitheater or the Juke Joint Festival, Sunflower Festival, any of the festivals we've we had people are traveling and getting back out and just glad to be there. So what, I feel like we're going in the right direction and we'll see, uh, you know, football season is here. Baseball season was crazy, but this is a state that loves our baseball and football teams and come out by the thousands. And it's a huge tourism driver in the state for SEC football weekends. Southern Weekends, Jackson State now in uh, Jackson with Coach Prime and what they're doing, bringing in 50,000 people a game here in Jackson. So that spurs all all levels of tourism. And so we we've uh, feel like we're in a good place and moving moving forward, but but with the same challenges as as the country with inflation to affect the price of gasoline, how far people are willing to travel. They're still worried a little bit about COVID and. And, and yet the people that do travel, they expect that hospitality experience that they were getting. So then we're having the other problem of bringing people full force back to work. And so it's it's the same challenges that every other state is having and having, and I, I think we're, we're doing well maneuvering through those challenges. Um, and we just hope as we speak Maybe the price of gasoline would go down a little bit further than it has. And that that all affects travel, as you know, how far people would like to travel or how long they want to stay because of the value of their dollars, not as strong as it has been. So a lot of areas uh, that we're landmines that we're working through, but I, I really do feel like we're in a good place. All, all of our CVBs and DMOs receive some of the CARES funds or ARPA funds that they'll be able to use to help them get their business back and and so I just feel like it's all going in the right direction but it sure has been a challenge the last couple of years to, to stay ahead I know it all. has and it's taken incredible leadership I mean we've talked about it a lot here on the show I had uh, um, you know I've had so many people from the tourism industry uh, Jonathan Jones uh, from Harris on just recently and uh, you know it, it doesn't matter what segment I talk to whether it's tourism related or not everyone's having the same challenges as it relates to employees and getting the, you know the employees as soon as they get someone hired they lose somebody and it's this constant challenge to keep keep their staffs 
uh, you know, full force. And they have done really, really well. They have, I mean, every business, including the tourism industry, have done extremely well managing through it. But the kind of things that they're doing, the way that they're having to do people overtime and use people in, in uh, certain segments of their business is maybe not an area that person had worked in before. I mean, they're making adjustments and whatever. It's not sustainable. So you know, I hope that we're able to sort of settle this down. But as you and I have discussed in the past, one thing that we were very lucky about is when our state decided to reopen. And and we knew, for tic- as it relates to coastal Mississippi, we knew that more than 80% of the people who came here come here in their cars. That the most important thing we needed to do is make sure people felt safe coming here. And our casinos, I mean, look at, look, Coastal Mississippi Tourism spends a lot of money on marketing, but it pales in comparison to what the casinos spend That's on right. marketing. That's so right. you have the casinos that are literally leading the way for how to reopen in a safe way and, and literally reconfiguring you know, their, their gaming floors and how they train their employees and what the expectation was of their, of their, uh, of their visitors. You know, when you combine how rapidly they instituted a best practice that was on a national, international stage with their really refined marketing capabilities, what that did to, to help Mississippi get back running again and what it contributed to our overall success, man, we can't understate that, can we? That was hugely important. It was ultimately, I think that was the leading area. And, and also to that point, I, you had talked about film earlier, film office. We were able to um, stay open during that time. We were closed just for a really just short amount of time for film. But it, as you know, many of our, we're, we're one big open museum here in Mississippi and so many of our films are filming outdoor environments and, and not only on the coast throughout the state. We had a record number of films made in Mississippi during the pandemic. We had a record 38 films made in 20 and 21 and we for the first time used our full film rebate which is 20 million dollars a year and so the the film industry felt safe being here they were fully aware of the protocols that were in place that we were following for them and so yes the casinos film really helped lead the way in our image and with that we were one of the top recovery states in the country i think we were number one on recovery and getting back is even as low as 15 percent on the downside but it was ranked number one so I mean, as you know i had nina parik on the your director of the mississippi yep. film office and, and what the story she told about how quickly you guys adapted to the reality of the film industry and what their needs are going to be uh, it's a hell of a story. I mean, it's a, it's really kind of a every every piece of this. When you think about all these different pieces that add up to success for Mississippi during the pandemic, every piece is a best practice or a story in and of itself. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation with uh, Craig Ray from Visit Mississippi. See you after this break. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View to the final segment of today's show with my friend Craig Ray, who's head of uh, Visit Mississippi. He's someone I really admire. I mean, he's a he's a very numbers driven guy, extraordinarily connected. I mean, what you observed, in fact, when you think about the uh, various. Um, uh, you know, uh, tourism organizations across the state, visitor organizations. Um, what you observed and what they did to stay relatively aligned and focused on making sure Mississippi stayed open for business, it had to have been inspiring. 
It was. So my hats off to all of our partners in Mississippi Tourism Association, all the CVBs, the DMOs that all all put all pulled together to uh, really figure out this process and look at the the financial opportunities that came to each state and and some funds that were appropriated and using those monies very strategically in each part of the state that kept us kept us in line and kept us in that spot to be ready when, yeah. when the doors were open and 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 the industry did such a wonderful job of keeping everybody together keeping focus on the big picture looking for those financial opportunities through these federal uh, funds that were distributed and what they were doing and what we were able to do at the same time and just staying staying together through this time real, really proved successful. I know it did. And look, if you look at the reports that I'm getting today, um, I'll just kind of go through a quick little rundown because I could I could take you through probably every little nook and cranny of Coastal Mississippi because they've all been on my show. But I think about some of the key um, uh, places like Ocean Springs, for example, the, the number of people flowing through Ocean Springs today. Uh, I say there's a giant sucking sound coming off of I-10 into Ocean Springs. It's thriving. It is really thriving. And then when you talk with Julian Rankin, the executive director of Walter Anderson Museum, one of the brightest, young, amazing leaders in coastal Mississippi in the nonprofit community, what's happening at Walter Anderson Museum is truly inspiring. It really, really is inspiring. And by the way, when you think about Robert St. John's documentary and book and the one that he had a wonderful collaborator on, and it now is going to go to about 80% of the public broadcasting networks across the United States, uh, Walter Anderson is going to be on everybody's radar screen. But the reports are really positive. You think about the conversation I had with Tish, Tish Williams or any number of other uh, restaurants or other possibilities in Bay St. Louis. I mean, it's Bay, Bay St. Louis is literally thriving. I mean, so there's a pulse there that you, when you're there, you feel it mm -hmm. and people are going there and it, it is truly incredible. I had, I had, um, my friend from, uh, Ship Island, uh, excursions on recently and, uh, he was just thrilled with, uh, with the numbers on the Ship Island boats and the number of people who want to go out and see the islands. And, um, I mean, it, I mean, there are only a few exceptions where the numbers might be down, and usually when they are, there's a there's a caveat, you know, about it, and and you just have to understand the caveat. But overall, um, it's been very positive. Uh, even more recently, with with the as you pointed out, the cost of fuel is a significant issue, especially when you consider the number of people who come in here to drive. But maybe, just maybe, just like they did there in the pandemic, choose to come to us. If people chose to go somewhere else, but now they can't afford to go there, but they're in a radius of, of of uh, Mississippi, they may choose to come here instead because we've been smart about how we market ourselves and the opportunities here. But we can even win when there's uh, when there are inflationary pressures, can't we? We sure can. And just if we stay focused on the American traveler, the human beings, we all still want to travel, regardless of the prices and challenges. We we just learn to adjust and and educate those travelers on what's available and and where where the uh, opportunities are but uh, we, I think we've all learned as a country too the people you still need your vacation time and you still want to travel and if that's within your own state or or close by that's something that we all do and that's what we're here for us to promote and educate and let people know about all the great things to do and places to visit here in Mississippi. Hey, we flew out of Gulfport Airport, uh, connected in Charlotte and w my whole family, we took all the kids and their kids to Dominican Republic. 
and um, and then we came back uh, as well. Uh, we encountered a few airline issues, but the airline issues we faced were just because there were so many people flying. My goodness, the airline industry, unfortunately, is having a really, really difficult time adjusting uh, to the reality of the current the, the current uh, you know seat load. So many pilots had retired early as a result right. of the pandemic, and they're having a very difficult time with staffing as well. And you can't, you know, we've learned this. You can't go from zero to sixty in two seconds. You need a little bit of time That's to get right. there. That's and right. they're, they're struggling. I read just yesterday, in fact, a story that said the airline industry, I mean, the numbers coming, and you see these numbers as well, but the, it's, it's, it's emphatic proof that people have, uh, have a lot of pent-up demand and want to yes. travel. Yes. Yes, they do. And, they, and, and those travelers, as I mentioned earlier, are expecting that level of hospitality and, and expertise when they're traveling. So that's the difficulty is the demand is there. People want to travel, they've got money, but it's that experience getting that back to where it was. And that's, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not good. I had an, Ann and I had an employee, I won't name the airline cause I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, I understand the, the challenge, but an employee literally rolled her eyes at us, literally rolled her eyes. And we, we asked a very simple question and we were both blown away and we said, well, they can't fire her because if they fire, who are they going to replace her with? That's right. So it's a, it's a tough situation. Hopefully we can get back to that, that level of balance again that we were at before the pandemic, but it's, it may take a little bit of time. Yeah. Craig Ray from Visit Mississippi. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you, my Thank friend. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. You better have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You too. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.